Okay, let's get back to the second part of mine and Lizzie's conversation with Ranyor. Uh, moving on to talk about more modern Terra Mystica. I won't waste any more time because it's a bit of a longer conversation, other than to say that this episode is not sponsored by Earth One. Unfortunately, after the last episode, the Earth One marketing board did their due diligence and they discovered Ryan's alt BGA account, Earth One is for Chumps, and his general disdain for Earth One. And they were very angry. They've retracted their sponsorship with immediate effect. So, anyway, enjoy the rest of the episode. So in your opinion, what is like, like if you could win anything, including like Div 1 of Snailman TM Tour um, or like live stuff like the World Board Game Championship, what's like, what do you view as kind of the pinnacle, which would you most like to win now at this point? The most prestigious is still winning D1 of TM Tour. Um, it's by far like the... It's like the toughest to win because you, I mean, you gotta, you gotta join down at D seven still, and so you gotta play for at least like a year in order to get to div, in order to get to Division one, and then you have to win Division one, which is crazy hard. But I've accepted long ago that I'm not an elite level asynchronous player because I don't, I don't want to put in hours of analysis into my moves. And I don't. I largely play async games like I play live games. I log in, I look at the board for a minute, and I make a move. Uh, that's not how you. That's not how you win uh, TM Tour uh, or a lot of these asynchronous Snellman games. Um, so for me, realistically, uh, it's tricky. Uh, the most prestigious thing I think I've done was getting the number one rating on Board Game Arena. I think that's pretty tough to achieve and shows continued long-term success mm. i'd love to win f2o but I, again it's it's because it is relatively few games i mean it's very march madnessy um yeah the winner is a strong player but i don't think the tournament does a good job of finding the strongest player um right. but i don't that's not its goal its goal is to be entertaining and it, it it's very much succeeds at that so <laughs> um but to find the strongest player, yeah, I mean, we'd have to, Bizzle would have to broadcast 40 games or something insane and limit it to like 16 players or some nonsense. So, right. um, yeah. Uh, so, anyhow, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I mean, I winning F2O or an MSO event is all kind of the same to me. They're just, you know, one day, two day type tournaments, basically, where we're playing. It, it's essentially single elimination. You know, you're playing three or four games and you basically have to win them all in a row. Again, those events find strong players, but they don't often find the best. Um, so yeah, I, I, I winning an arena season would be cool, but arenas also has some trickiness because uh, you have to play quite a few games, I think, in order to really be able to win an arena season. Um, right, because is, isn't it more about... I mean, obviously you have to win a lot, but isn't it more about how many games you've played? I mean, if you've played a ton, then you're going to be higher up in the ratings. It's well, it's a little of both. I mean, your results matter, and like hypothetically, you could show up and just win 20 games in a row and you'd be at the top of the board. But winning 20 games in a row is an insane feat, like, it's not realistic. Um, and so arena seasons do partly reward volume because the more games you play, kind of the more time you have for your rating to go on a hot streak. Like, the real way that you win an arena season is you're a very strong player. 
and then you get on a hot streak and you know when to stop. Um, that's really kind of what it takes. And so if I was to play 500 games in an arena season, somewhere in that period, I would probably have had a pretty hot streak and get near the top. But I most arena seasons, I'm not willing to play more than a game every other day, which means I can get like 45 to 50. But Nerd Cube is obviously our arena champ, but he tends to play over 100 games a season, um, which I do think gives him a bit of an edge. He has a better chance of getting on a kind of hot streak and winning three, four tough games in a row and getting up to those 1840s types ELO. And then you just park there, which is what he's doing this season. So, right. Yeah, I've got. Um... In the can, in the can, ready to upload. I've got a conversation with Nerdcube, sort of mostly about arena mode, and yeah, that is, that is kind of what he was talking about. Um, yeah, it, yeah, and so that's great. But like, ultimately, yes. I, I, I guess I, I law, I dream for the day where somehow we have a, we have an arena mode that like whittles our way down to the top, like actual like top 20 30 players and then we somehow have to schedule games and uh, well i don't know basically yeah like if there was some event that really somehow made the top players play each other a bunch and then i would care the most about winning that but of all the things of in live play i like to win any of them because it's fun but i i don't know winning in real season is pretty prestigious um Winning any of the F2O or MSO events is good fun, and it's meaningful. It shows you're quite a strong player, but I don't necessarily know which is the most meaningful. I guess F2O at this point, I think it just has the biggest probably eyeballs and production value, and most people mm. know about it. Um, I think a lot more people know who's won the F2O games than who won MSO or WBC or anything. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's the the kind of thing of, yeah, you know, us new to the scene people is we get, you know, I've been attracted by the bright lights of F2O. And, so <laughs> that, and in a way, you know, yeah, if that, like you say, if that is what most people are watching, that kind of becomes the default most prestigious thing. I don't know. It's an interesting. Um... I, I think people are, yeah, definitely drawn to the drama of it, um, you know everything hinging on one game is so much more exciting than saying, okay, these two players are going to play 50 games <laughs> yeah. and, and uh, we'll see who wins the most. <laughs> yeah. Just share it. Like I can send it to my friends and be like, watch this YouTube video. This is like the final of the, one of the biggest tournaments or the biggest tournament. Yeah. You can't be like, yeah. correct. And you're, you're getting very high quality play. So it's, yeah, I know it's totally, it's totally fine. Um, I, I personally am just a little salty about my past F2O performance. And so that's the other reason I poo-pooed a little. So, but I mean, like, I don't know. It's, it's, a, it is tough. Like in the very first season, the teams, the, the breakdowns were not at all equal. I wound up in the group with freaking Zorus, NerdCube, and FireX. And then I take a very close second to NerdCube and I, I'm out. I'm out of the tournament. Like, okay. I mean, fine. But like, I, and then NerdCube winds up going and taking second overall. Like, fair enough. But yeah, I mean, I had my one chance. I played a, you know, well, so that first season was weird. We had two games or whatever, but I took a third and a first, and NerdCube took a first to second, and so he advanced in the group, and fair enough. But, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, similar similar ideas. The other season, I played freaking NerdCube and Gino and lost to both of them, and Gino went on to win the whole thing that season. So uh, they're great players. I don't have much shame in losing to them, but yeah, it's, you know, it's tough. Like 
in order to win these events you admittedly do have to win those games but i take real close finishes and that's that's your whole tournament so no well well how do you feel about your uh your group coming up in the in the new fire two open season i'm still salty so (laughs) (laughs) Who, who are you what's the draw i can't remember Everybody wanted to pick me, which... Oh, you got a lot of... Everyone mentioned you. Everybody wanted to pick me, which isn't great, because the the whole way these things right. are supposed to work is, like, people are supposed to want to pick the weak players, but I'd like to believe I'm the strong player, and so then you pick me early, and we get very strong groups. So I'm against Barnawal again, along with Firexed and Matt the Lesser. Um, that's a pretty strong group. That's a That's a strong table, yeah. Now... To be fair, there probably is one stronger table, but similar idea. For whatever reason, Deep Finesse also decided he didn't want to pick easy opponents. And look, Bizzle hypothetically had the easiest opponents, and you know, look where that gets you to. So I mean, whatever. It's it's not that big of a deal. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think my group's very good. Um, Barnawal has proven himself over the last couple months to be a very very good player. Firexed is always dangerous. I do think I'm a bit better than him in general. And my record, I think, generally indicates that. But he's definitely capable of beating me. And then I I don't have that much experience with Matt DeLesser. Uh, but through the Stelman world, he's very good. And he's been proving himself to be pretty good in live play. So, If I remember correctly, I think they were saying that you're a predictable player. Is that what they said <laughs> oh i mean they say whatever they want i mean i say a lot of things too uh but yeah i mean a lot of them were claiming that i am predictable and i kind of am um i don't actually think like while Nerdcube said he wanted to pick me that that's for show i eric <laughs> eric's way too good of a competitor there's no way he was actually gonna take me if i was available like he was gonna say that but he he was not gonna pick me in my opinion i, I could be wrong maybe i'm calling him out incorrectly but Given that, you know, he eventually did pretty much what I always do, too. You say a lot of things about a lot of players, and then you find a way to justify picking the, what you think is the worst player. That's, that's what I did last season. I <laughs> said a lot of things about many players, and then I picked Jay Stu, so... Did, oh, did you not pick Barnawal last time? Oh, no, I didn't pick Barnawal. No, 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 no. I said a lot of things about Barnawal. You just mentioned it. Yeah, that's what I mean. I went through a whole list. <laughs> I went through a whole list of players, gave a lot of trash talk, and that Barnawal trash talk definitely is the one that came back to bite me. But because uh, right. yeah, Barnawal eventually wound up in my group anyhow. But yeah, I did pick Jace too. I forget the order of that. Okay, that's yeah, that's um, that's good. I the, the thing I say about this uh, like group selection thing is like it's great. Like all as a viewer all tournaments should be run like that because it's exactly what you say. Your incentive is to pick the worst player, but then as um, Basil has found, he picked sort of like the less good players, but then the pressure's on to perform at that point, right? Yeah. Um, Wait, I I haven't seen the game from yesterday because I was traveling all day. Oh. (laughs) Sorry for the spoilers. (laughs) Do you you mind knowing, Lizzie? (laughs) Uh, I guess go. I mean, you've already sort of implied that Bizzle lost. I think. <laughs> yeah. So we're talking on. Oh, he lost <laughs> on June the twentieth, which is the day after the second game. So also by the time this comes out, uh, you're playing on this coming Wednesday. Yeah, I've not played yet, but by the time people are hearing this, I probably will have. So. Yeah. So they'll know the result. But yeah, Bizzle played yesterday against Teslippery Tetbep. 
at Ninja. It was a really fun game. Uh, Bizzle came in. Oh, he was was he fourth? Oh, he's fourth by a distance. <laughs> it was not close. Oh no! It went real bad for him. Oh, yeah. what happened? <laughs> uh, I mean, a little bit starting spots didn't break the way he wanted. I would argue he made a couple strategic choices early, and yeah. But yeah, is that's the thing is if you pick if you pick those weak players, then you do it. Whereas like Deep Finesse has gone in and picked Zavok, so if you know that's like a real psychological advantage. Well, I don't know if it's I I I don't know if I believe it's an advantage, but I guess I will admit, yeah, that my my harsh group. At least if I continue my uh, poor performances in F two O, I will I will just once again shrug my shoulders and be like, oh, if I lose to Fire Action and Barnawall, well, it's not that shocking. <laughs> like, <laughs> but yeah, I fully believe like it. Um, all 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 things should be run like that. Like you know, NFL playoffs. It should be you're a Packers fan, right? Packers should have to pick who they play. Who they're gonna play? Mm, that is interesting, and have to yeah, have to actually provide some trash talk. What? Who's their biggest rival? Uh, Minnesota Vikings, Chicago Bears. Uh, but also currently the Packers. Yeah, this is a sidetrack. Milwaukee Bucks though just won. That's we should focus on them. They're good. But yeah, if they had to pick their opponents, yeah, it'd be very intriguing for sports leagues. But no, Chris's group selection is a brilliant idea. I agree. We we all trash talk each other. We build up some great stuff. I mean, the fact that he can play. Uh, I I mean, I already know in that intro he's going to play me smack talking Barnawall from last season, and then they're going to mention <laughs> that Barnawall beat me anyhow. So I look I yeah. look forward to the clip of me. T- Calling Barnawall a player that yeah you know, thought it was hungry, hungry hippos and whatever else I said. And you know. that's the thing: everything you mention is future ammunition that can be used against you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, look, I agree. I it's it's great fun, and I I lean I lean right into what he wants. So yeah, I I, I love the way you were just. Uh, I feel like you just did exactly what you were supposed to do with trash talking. I mean, sure, it might look like it came back to bite you, but at the in the end, it was. It was high value entertainment. <laughs> Correct, and and then this season, I you know whatever I, I created a fictional history for Matt the Lesser, and if that's if those sound bites are going to come back to bite me, so be it. <laughs> well, okay, Rainier, I, I have a I have kind of a random question for you, but um, and so what is the story behind your username, Rainier? I know your name is Ryan. Ah, yeah. So I'm wondering. Uh, yeah, that's actually a very good question. Um, back in junior high school, I started playing Dungeons and Dragons, and I just kind of randomly created a character name for my wood elf ranger, and just looking through ideas, uh, I somehow came upon that combination of letters, and uh, it started to become my online username then, because around junior high days... And into high school was basically when I started popping online onto various things. And it turned out that uh, Raniar was available pretty much everywhere. Um, and so I, even to this day, I largely continue to be able to get that username on most platforms. Um, although sometimes I have to add some extra stuff to it. But uh, so yeah, that's, that's really, it was just my character name in Dungeons and Dragons. And then I've just used it for pretty much everything. <laughs> Well, that's really cool that, um, I mean, it, that it goes so so far back that you've been using this username. Um, yeah, well, so, and- I mean, I was going to say, for, for a lot of you, a lot of you folks are new to Board Game Arena, but 
I'm not just an old guard Terra Mystica player, and I'm a, I'm an old guard BGA player. I my BGA account is almost ten years old. Oh. Oh wow. Yeah, wow. that's another question: is how long has BGA been going? So it has been around for a long. time. Oh yeah, because the server status has number of games for the last ten years. So yeah, I can see back to. BJ started probably about 11 years ago now. I'm not quite sure. Um, but yeah, I joined back loosely a little after it got formed. I was into board gaming all through college. And uh, I'll, I'll admit to yeah, a decent number of college lectures being on Board Game Arena playing. Back then I was playing a lot of Dominion. Dominion was on Board Game Arena. But that ended like seven years ago already. But yeah, I'm seeing an alternative history where I knew about it when I was at uni. And yeah, I don't know how well or badly that would have ended. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little dangerous. Yeah, it's not it wasn't it wasn't the best. It wasn't the best thing. But uh yeah. So you you said that you're a D and D player. Are you still a D and D player? Uh yeah. Yeah, uh, Wednesday. So <laughs> Wednesday nights is my usual Dungeons and Dragons night. So I've had to reschedule uh, this upcoming week uh, because I, yeah, I have to play F two O instead. So right, right. Well, um, I, I'm a D and D player too. Um, yeah, I I'm in like two different campaigns right now. <laughs> um, nice. But I I wonder how big of an overlap there is between like the D&D community and the Terra Mystica community because they're obviously they're both tabletop games but they're such different games yeah um, I wouldn't yeah. I wouldn't assume a crazy amount but there's definitely some I mean there's just enough like overall people interested in gaming right so like Logos for example I know is also plays Dungeons and Dragons um, and is obviously a pretty well-known Terra Mystica player I'm sure there's a decent number of others but uh, yeah it, it it's tricky it depends it depends on how much people are just tabletop gamers as a whole and how much they are Terra Mystica players or whatever. Um, it's always, right. I, I don't always know. I, I know a lot of like more general overall board gamers. And that was the other thing I think that surprised me a little last F2O and just talking to some players. They like, I think Barnawal is an example of like, I think he essentially is like, he doesn't play a lot of games and he mostly just plays some Terra Mystica, I think. Um, so. Right, though, though we we've started playing code names. <laughs> uh, ah, yeah, yeah. Bartolo and Clavo have started playing code names and inviting um, uh, random people. <laughs> yeah, I'm keen. I'm keen to try that when the uh, when the time zone allows and when work is a bit less busy. Yeah, I'm hoping to join for some of that. Oh, right. I guess they do normally do it when you're asleep. <laughs> yeah, the time zone thing is. <laughs> Uh, I think I did. I mention it to Ghostly. Like it does make me want to just move to America. All this stuff. Because <laughs> so much of it, it would be so much easier if I was in the same time zone as you guys. It does make sense. This is part of what I'm looking forward to. MSO. They they very much are going to be your time zone. But that also that works for me because I'm an early. Again, I like the early mornings. So me and Ghostly, we're going to win. This is our time. I, look, I, I mean, last year, yeah, I think, I think last year, like I say, I think it was two Europeans that got first and second. So, mm, that yeah, that yeah, interesting. Maybe it does affect things. Like when, like when the uh, NFL teams come and play in London, the whole time zone thing there messes them up. I think quite a lot. Yeah. Um. So yeah, uh, BGA. What are you? What's other games are interesting you at the moment? Um, what should 
uh, what other things you, would you recommend for people um, and what's coming up that you're interested in? Well, so coming up, spoiler alert, if you haven't already heard, Great Western Trail and Agricola are coming, and you're going to see me playing Terra Mystica less, because uh, I will be playing those. Um, Great Western Trail is likely to come in about a month, and then Agricola, I would expect roughly September currently, I think would be a decent estimate. Um, but Agricola in particular, I think, is something people should check out. Um, but I guess I won't hype it up too much right now, but uh, yeah, I mean, Agricola I think is the is a much more similar blend of kind of tactics and strategy and depth. Um, Great Western's pretty good. Uh, as for stuff that's currently on BGA, I honestly don't play a lot of other stuff right now, and I muddle, I I poke about. Um, I don't think there's necessarily great parallels between Terra Mystic and anything else on BGA currently. Um, in terms of like getting the same feeling of a community and depth of strategy and discussion and all that. Um, That's the thing is, yeah, it's very different, isn't it? So I, yeah, I do sort of view playing Terra as almost different to playing anything else on there because it is kind of a competitive thing. So yeah, it's interesting. Although you're quite happy to, uh, it's something I really notice about you playing on Twitch is you are, and I talked to the Nerdcube about this, you're clearly very competitive, whatever you play. Like, you're playing a game of Can't Stop, and you want to win that game of Can't Stop, and you get annoyed if <laughs> if your opponent is getting particularly lucky or whatever, um, which I find very interesting. Yeah, yeah, I had that. I, I've streamed a couple of other stuff I play on BGA, but yeah, I mean, I, I view everything from a pretty analytical, analytical edge, and I, I tend to, yeah, I tend to try to play my best at pretty much everything. I mean, uh. And so, yeah, I, I can't stop. Admittedly, was one I, you know, I shouldn't really dive that deep on. But I, I've mucked about with some other fleet and other stuff. And yeah, I mean, I do, I do very much on all of these things. Really, I'm always, I am always trying to win. Which I find it, um, I do find it very, uh, like I'll watch your streams when you're playing something that I've got no idea how to play, and I find it really kind of relaxing in a bit of a weird way just because um it's just these sort of words that you don't know what they mean like you're talking about <laughs> like herring and tuna and how much tuna you're going to sell on fleet and i've got no idea i mean i know what tuna and herring is but it's just this quite <laughs> relaxing thing and sometimes honestly sometimes i will because of the time zone thing it will be late and i'll go to sleep just listening to you talking about whatever <laughs> all right excellent no i i i have been a bit surprised with streaming just yeah there's a decent number of people that have kind of reached out and seemed to appreciate it so it's been fun um and i still am fairly active over on board game geek and wander around and occasionally even on those forums suddenly people recognize my username now too and mention it which is that part has been fun and intriguing and um yeah, like I, I do think in the future we'll we'll stream some great Western and Agricola too, so we can people that are looking for new stuff, I'll probably be over there and I'll keep doing some Terra Mystica, but yeah, I'm a, I'm at a little bit of a lull with Terra Mystica right now anyhow, which that happens too. I don't you know, with any hobby and interest I think it can wax and wane a little. I think Nerdcube needs a slight break from Terra Mystica and might be taking one 
a little bit right now anyhow too and so like that happens it makes sense yeah the, the, we're kind of um some of these questions have come from super Kazani as well um that we're sort of asking now kind of about the other stuff but yeah on the the streaming side like firstly is and i said this to eric as well it, you're both extremely impressive with like how you can play and talk at the same time um i only tried it once when i was on weber's stream and it's hard it's really hard <laughs> but you just you're very natural that you can play like this high level game smash especially when you were playing the fire and ice arena season and you were you were winning and you were up there but you're talking the whole time um it's really impressive do you do you i don't know do you do you think you're good at that in particular is it something you find hard or it comes naturally i think it comes fairly naturally yeah and i do think i'm reasonably good at it although i have also argued that i, I actually do think it i do think streaming has slightly hurt my elo actually um i don't mm. I don't think I play quite as sharp as I would if I was just focusing on the game itself. I don't think it's a huge detriment by any means, but, um, but yeah, I, I do. I do agree that I do think actually that's broadly a skill. Um, Zorus is obviously like another really well-known streamer, but I do think he struggles a little more with talking and playing. I do think he sometimes has to kind of sit and just think for a minute and not like openly say what he's doing necessarily which is fine um yeah his streams i think are yeah they're quite different in that way aren't they where he is kind of playing and you're more sort of watching him play and he will comment on things whereas with you and like especially yours if uh you can i can feel like i can kind of just have them on and not necessarily be watching them but just from what you're saying i can i can get an idea and i um i was talking to ghostly about this like my entire skill of being able to play at all on fire and ice comes from that arena season and your stream like i'd never played the map before i didn't have any idea and i think ghostly is the same we learn by watching you play and like hearing your tips and a lot of the time i just had it on in the background you know while i was doing other stuff yeah yeah i think a decent bit of that makes sense um i yeah, I don't know. I, I guess, yeah, I do think I just, I guess I could just blab on about this stuff and still be taking my moves at the same time. I don't know. I guess that's a skill. Yeah, it's not something I've had to work much at on that front. Um, I think generally I also have gotten pretty good at, yeah, really explaining a lot of why I'm doing what I'm doing and that type of stuff. And those are mm. skills I have built up over time and years i used to be a tutor and i think uh, just a lot of years on board game geek trying to be in strategy discussions and mm. a good 70 percent of what i'm saying is really just parroting what i learned from other great players so yeah but yeah maybe and that and yeah like you're saying with agricola and um great western trail coming maybe you can you can pass on your knowledge to us I'm a bit hopeful, yeah, I mean, this is talking other topics, but I, I, I would be hopeful that uh, both Great Western and Agricola are the sorts of games that I think already have a pretty good player base. There's going to be a lot of interest. I think they're worth studying and playing fairly deeply. I, I have hope that communities can form for both of those games around BGA as well. Um, and partly through my experience here with 
some of the Terramistica community and just enough other people I know in both Great Western and Agricola worlds. I I think both of those games will start to have pretty strong communities too, which will be exciting. Um, I think I half blabbed it to Bizzle, but depending on how much he really wants to keep expanding his Fire 2 brand, uh, I would be hopeful even that in the future maybe there'll be a Great Western and a Agricola Fire Ooh. 2 streams as well. Nice. But that's 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 throwing a lot more work on Bizzle's plate, <laughs> who is already a very busy man, so we'll, like <laughs> no promises anybody, but... So while we're brainstorming, you could have the triathlon. You could have who's the best, like some kind of interlinked scoring system, and who who's best at all of them. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah. so so that both interestingly, both WBC and MSO have awards like that. Um, they have an award for like the best overall performance for the week, and based ah. on like how many. Based on like how many hours like the game gets played, how many people play that game, and what you finish, you get so many points. And so if you win an event, you know that three hundred people could test it in, and you got first place, you get a lot of points. And uh, then at the end of the week, there is yeah an award for the best like overall player. So that is pretty yeah. Those are fun parts of both of those events too. Ah, that's so good. This is what I'm finding more and more is if there's like an obscure scoring system to be worked out. You can you can basically trust like board game people to have worked out like the optimal way of like scoring or something. Exactly, and both of them, both of the systems are pretty complex. I'm not really going to dive into them, except to say yes again. Both of them, yeah, tend to take the like overall field into account and the overall like number of hours played, and then try to like output a score for that that tries to yeah be able to normalize between all the different fields so that we can compare accomplishments, which yeah is obviously not trivial at all. So, but the gamers definitely have done it, which is great fun. Uh, WBC even does something else like silly and fun. They also have a team tournament where you you pick four people on your team. And they also award a prize for the best overall team. Uh, okay. Which also has its own scoring system. So <laughs> good times. Uh, yeah. So on this on the stream, you haven't played Arena this current season, which is coming to an end soon. Well, that's that's mostly true. I I, I pulled out the alt account. You haven't hit it hard. I yeah. I pulled out the alt account for about four streams, but. Do and and I think, I mean, I, I guess I've seen you discuss this, but it's you've and you mentioned it on the stream that Loon Lakes is not your favorite map, um, and that's partly the reason why you didn't play much this season. It's it's like entirely the reason. Well, it's not. I also don't really like landscapes. Like lakes, landscapes is about my least favorite format. Um, I might even prefer revised. So. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Um, I actually have a question for uh, for Rainier, um, and this is a this is a question straight from this questions document, uh, and I'm going to read this word for word. <laughs> Why witches? <laughs> that, that's it. Why witches? So to be fair, this this has just turned into a bit of a meme with me streaming. <laughs> witches are quite good on the Fire and Ice map, and I wound up playing like just quite a few witches games last season because I I truly believe people just undervalued them. And to be fair, I had a lot of successes with witches games on stream. Uh, now, for whatever reason, I also have a stupid amount of fun playing witches. I just I I think they just 
work pretty like i i do think one of the things i i tend to like to play economy as a lot of people have known i i, I enjoy building lots of stuff witches have a payoff for building stuff in terms of they get extra points for towns uh i also like making towns i think it's a lot of the strength of terra mystica i think what really makes terra mystica special in certain ways is that you're fighting for you want neighbors because you want leech and you want cheap upgrades, but you want enough space to also be able to expand and make towns. And like that has a beautiful balance between it of trying to find neighbors, but also trying to have area anyhow, whatever. So I, I think found it trying to, trying to find town space is kind of a critical like part of what makes the game so special. And witches are very focused on that as well. And I, I don't know, it is a part of the game I've always enjoyed and, I do, I do just love me some econ witches. So <laughs> it's, it is one of my favorite factions, but um, it, it really is also partly just fire and ice. I think the witches are so well positioned on that map. I just have great fun playing them there. And then I wound up playing a lot of games on that map because that was the arena season. I was streaming a lot of that. Um, so I don't know. I have a lot of other factions I like, but yeah, witches probably are my favorite anyhow too. So. I, I guess the big question is, uh, since the new F2O is on um, Fire and Ice, are, can we expect to see a Witches game from you? Or I, Maybe. I mean, we'll see. That's, that's what, I mean, that was during the selection, right? That's what I got made fun of. The Nerd Cube joked that if you just throw an Orin, I can't compete because there will be no Witches <laughs> in the game. And others claimed that if they just threw in Witches, they knew I would overbid on them. So... I yeah, I'd be interested to see if anybody does actually try that tactic because I think I don't know. Surely nobody actually believes that. Again, uh, I agree. I think we all understand the way group selection. Like, I, I think we all understand <laughs> the spirit of that, and I think we all largely know what we're blabbing about. Um, I mean, Lumen called out Eric for that anyhow because I did wind up like part of how I got into F two O this season is I had to qualify and I I had a win with Orin so throw an Orin if you want I proved that I can still win with them but um yeah I mean again whatever the, me and witches on Fire and Ice in particular has turned into a bit of a meme and that's fine it's good fun it's it's pretty it's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> And look, to be honest, I I do have a tendency to want to throw in witches. I I very might I might throw in witches, and uh, if witches are in there, yeah, I do tend to bid them. I I maybe I overbid them, but as I've said, I've had a lot of success with witches on Fire and Ice. I tend to think most people underbid them, which is also part of why I threw them in so often. Like I I, I really think I have an edge with playing witches on that map that a lot of other players mess up. So, mm. I mean, didn't didn't witches win? On uh, last Wednesday, uh, am I remembering yeah. that right? Yeah, yeah. Babic yeah. won with witches. Yeah, so. Babic won with witches on the fire and ice. So you, you know, you probably have something there. <laughs> well, uh, well, guys, it's already. Um, I know we've been talking for an hour and a half. I think I probably need to go. <laughs> yeah, sure. Um, so we're we're definitely in the realm where this is going to be a second episode. I think we can split into. Um, yeah, you look. As I've said, I'll talk as much as you want, like whatever you want. So <laughs> I'm happy to keep going. You can have me back other times, whatever. Let's let's keep going because I've got a few more questions. If you want to carry on, Lizzie. Um, All right, I'll get going. Uh, but it was so great to talk to both of you. This has been really fun.
Yeah. And um, yeah, looking forward to hearing hearing this when it comes out. So have a have a good uh, good Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the pond of well being. <laughs> <laughs> I guess I'm in Louisiana. I think it would be a swamp. Um, <laughs> the, the the swamp of mystery. That's where I am. I'm in the swamp of mystery. <laughs> All right, bye guys. See ya. Um, yeah, there's yeah, there's a few more things uh, just to mention, and I think this will make like a nice second episode, which will come out at some point. Uh, it was about the yeah, so it was about your stream basically, and Super mentioned this question. Um, uh, do you've got sort of like the few other things that you're doing, like the teammate? I really like the teammate Thursday one. I really like the one with Super. I think you were like you're a great couple. I really enjoyed you. That's why I kind of hoped he would be here today because I think you were a great uh, pairing. Super was really fun to do that with. Um, I'll admit I've been obviously very sloppy uh, over the last couple of weeks. Real life has just interviewed and I've not done my teammate Thursdays like at all. The only streams I've had recently are all player commentaries, but I really want to get back to trying to uh, have a pretty consistent Thursday stream with a teammate because I agree that format's been fun um, and it was a way to Stop just always having it be, be blabbing on about stuff, which, I mean, that's been useful, but I, I sort of feel at the point that if you guys really want, you could go to YouTube and, you know, I can already see me, you know, play 30, 40, 50 games. And I feel like I do, you know, start dispensing the same little nuggets of wisdom. So it's fun to hear how other people approach the game and what they're thinking about at times. So, yeah, I... I, I like that format and it was partly through, I don't even remember if it was necessarily you, but just talking with enough different people about kind of ideas and what they wanted to see. So I, I do think that's a fun little one to try to keep doing more in the future. Yeah, I, I, I like stuff like that. My, I think my opinion is that there's still value in the games where you're just playing, partly because people just kind of like hanging out and chatting and it's yeah. almost not like the it becomes a bit of just a fun thing for everyone to hang out. I agree with that too. I'm not saying I'm never going to do those. And I do agree that partly what streaming has like been fun for me. And I think for others, like it is fun that we've get a bit of a community behind it too. Like we actually have enough people in chat that there can be some real conversations and there can be some actual now like memes and in jokes and whatever. And, um, yeah, there's there's little communities, and that's part of what makes the overall community and stuff so interesting and whatever too. So, mm. um, but yeah, I uh, the U.S. here has kind of more or less fully opened up, coupled with it being summer here in Wisconsin, and uh, I've found myself much busier again, and so I got to find that right blend again now of how much to stream and what to stream and still fit in other stuff in life and see so, yeah, it's we'll see exactly what that all resolves into but yeah and it yeah it, you don't have to have a definite plan do you i think that's the good thing about twitch in a way is you can just you can do whatever you want and yeah people will come if they want to watch and... i i do think lumen like it's nice to have a set time to be streaming at i think that can help a little with like making people actually tune in and know when to go but Mm. I largely struggle with that. Uh, and so, yeah, I agree. It's pretty nice. I can just start whenever. And, you know, usually there's enough people around that it kind of works. And if there aren't, well, whatever. It still goes up into a VOD. And um, 
that's the thing like I've been struggling to realize too is like I get a decent number of people talking during videos, which is great, but there are a decent number that are just watching and I don't really know. But like I say, like on BGG here, a couple people have reached out once or twice too. And I, I do think there are like a bit more overall watching all this stuff than I think, um, which is cool. And it is part of what I think helps draw people in the community and all that. So I definitely should keep doing some of it, but also happy that there's now quite a few other options too, including I think quite a few people doing a pretty good job at it. So yeah, there's a good cast of it. Uh, yeah, there's a good group doing it, I think. And yeah, I would encourage. Yeah, it's sometimes. Yeah, I'll be watching and I don't necessarily have anything to say, especially if you're playing something that I'm not familiar with. I can't be like, oh, you should have solved the herring. But <laughs> I kind of just want to say like, hi. And you guys often should. Yeah, I guess that's the one thing I will encourage just everybody. Um, whether you're discussing this, or you're reading stuff on Board Game Geek, or you're just you are in Twitch streams, just poke up, ask any question at all you have, and if you don't even have a question yet, just say hi. Like it's fine. Like for any of these streamers, I do think it's hard to know exactly how many people you're really helping, and like mm. with with all this stuff or Fire Too Open too. Like if you like it, like make it clear and make it clear what you want. Um, just everything in life. I, I've done enough stuff on Bird Game Geek too where I type up, you know, crazy long strategy posts just because I do enjoy discussing games. And I eventually realized like a lot of people read it, but not all that many people always comment or like even say anything. And so it, it can be hard as a like kind of content creator to know exactly how many people might appreciate what you're doing if they don't make that clear. So Yeah, I, yeah. That I'm I'm trying to get better at yeah, even just putting a little comment saying like, yeah thanks for this on the board game geek stuff and i i haven't to be honest well and I, whatever and not everybody's gonna do it but yeah it just if you're ever thinking about it and it pops in your head and you don't really know what to say just do it anyhow get in the habit of it it's handy for a lot of people yeah and same with this like we're making these these shows and yeah i'm like i'd love to hear if people are listening and if people enjoy them and if people think they're too long or whatever i'd, I'd be really interested to hear what people think that's a great point too. Completely agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So people, if you're listening to this and you enjoy it, yeah, chime in. Let EJ know. Let him know what else you want to hear. And I agree. Like that feedback's really helpful. And e even if it's not much feedback beyond you just enjoy it, just hearing that's important because I don't know how many people you think or know are currently listening to these, but right, is it worth your time to try to schedule and do it if only three people are listening? Probably not. I'm guessing you're getting a lot more than that, but who knows if nobody lets you know. So yeah you do get like soundcloud stats like it's but I, to be honest i've got no idea how many of those are just bots <laughs> well that's my issue too i agree with twitch views and youtube views right it's it's hard to know like it's so interpersonal at that point of us like okay maybe those are people but i don't know yeah exactly and but it is the uh ah, oh, it's it's the greatest feeling when someone does actually say like I like I listened to that and I liked it. It is it, it's, it feels so good. It's really cool. <laughs> um and also on the fire two like the fire two chat on the games is such good fun. And the one yesterday yeah. I had a such a laugh. I think people yeah, I'd encourage anybody who's watching that to just like say hello and then a lot of the time I end up looking more at the chat than I'm looking at the game, I'll be honest. Because it's just <laughs> funny. It's just a good laugh. The chat is a lot of fun too. I agree, and it's it's again that's part of the kind of like community feeling. I think a little bit too of a lot of us, whatever. And 
it's good and you can always go rewatch the game later too so um on your streaming do you have any plans for a run at arena again in a in a season that maybe has better settings would you you still going to try and get that win one day Maybe. I mean, it is a thing I would like to, it's, it's, you know, it's a thing I'd like to notch. I'd, I'd love to get a win in an arena season. I have a top 10 finish. I have a top five finish. Um, but as I kind of said, it's, it's a little tricky because I think the volume of games it takes to like really have a good shot is probably higher than I'm going to have time for, especially now that yeah we're not in a pandemic or quarantine period. Like the idea of, even getting like 50 games a season is playing a game every other day. And that's a decent bit to commit. That's, that's, you know, six hours or seven hours of Terra Mystic every week. Um, it's not that easy for me to fit in anymore necessarily. Um, and so then I don't even think 50 games gives you that great of a shot. I think it's more like a hundred. And so now you're talking, that is like 13 hours of Terra Mystic a week, roughly. It's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's a game every day, right? Like, I mean, I, like the seasons are ninety days roughly, and so like, I mean, it, it, to be fair, like again, like the people that have won, like Halai and Nerdcube, when you ask them how many games they played, that's what they were doing. They played about a game a day, or even a little more. Um, so realistically, I probably am not going to win an arena season. I think is my feeling. Um, I I don't think I'm going to put enough games in. Uh, with that said, I probably will wind up playing a decent number more games. I'll at least play more than I did on Lakes here, because yes, like next season I think is going back to base no landscapes. I'm a pretty big fan of that format still, even though it's classic. Like I enjoy that. I think Fjord's landscapes is going to come up. I love Fjord's map. Don't love landscapes, but they're fine. And so yeah, like I think I would really like that season. Um, so I'll probably play on those, but. The other problem uh, is that, yes, uh, again, Agricola and Great Western Trail are probably going to also distract me pretty heavily for a while. So, Yeah, sure. But yeah, I I didn't mention it before, but Great Western Trail is one of the ones that I've like read about and watched videos about, and I've never played it. I've like I've never played many games, but that is one that I'm pre-warning my friends. We, we, once it comes out, nice. we've got to give it a go. Yeah, yeah, you should. And, I mean, maybe you won't love it, but yeah, the other, I guess the other silly thing to see is like, I also, yeah, I do like just, again, I am competitive. I like hitting certain benchmarks and stuff. And so somewhat sillily, but also somewhat real is like, if you want to try to get like a number one ELO badge in a game, it's much easier to do so in the first couple months. Uh, there's a lot of bad players. Ooh, yes. The ratings haven't stabilized yet. And so like, if you're just the guy that played this the most, like as long as you play enough games early on, you often can kind of skyrocket up there. So the problem is both of those games, I'm probably going to greedily try to get up pretty high pretty quickly. And so, yeah, when those first release, I'm probably going to be quite distracted from Terra Mystica, but. Mm, maybe, maybe I have to pivot and make a great Western trail podcast. Once everyone leaves. <laughs> I, I i think there'll still be plenty of terra mystica players again there's a strong community and it'll rotate and whatever it's like fine it's just yeah my gaming interest too again will wax and wane and like it, 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 again it's like I, on some level like i still really enjoy terra mystica but i have achieved a lot of what i would like to get out of the game and 
I, I, there's still some more stuff I can learn, but uh, yeah, I mean, I've I have hit the number one rating on BGA. I I got over a 700 elo. I like some of those benchmarks that were kind of my goals for a while. I hit so. Um. So yeah, so at the top is a sort of question we've asked a few people, but who would you say that? Who would you either say if you were going to play a table with three other people, or who would you just say in general are like the top four players on the scene? Top four players, like currently, right now on BGA? Currently, yeah, yeah. Uh, so I think probably everybody has to agree that Nerd Cube's on there. Um, I think it's hard to argue. I think if we had a I think if we had like an average rating over the past year, NerdCube presumably has the highest. Well, Sprockets maybe technically, but that's a different case a little bit, right? So mm. NerdCube has one of the highest average ratings. He's just crushed the last couple of arena seasons. And by crushed, I mean, he just he's the guy that has the craziest like overall performance. Um, he just... He's amazingly consistent. Exactly. He's won several seasons and he's always in the top three or whatever. Like it's, yeah, I mean, it's nuts. And then just all the other competitions or anything he's been incredibly you know consistent in there so i think nerd cube's an easy inclusion uh the other ones get a lot trickier and harder i think there's a lot more debate you could try to have um i think i would still put zorus on the list but that might be that might be a little bit of me just being used to zorus and i in the very early days of bga where Joyce, you're like jousting back and forth on the number one badge for a little bit, and also he's just been super highly rated over on Snellman for a while. But uh, I really like the way he kind of um, I got the impression he was like maybe getting a bit bored of I mean, not bored, but I think he was looking at Gaia a lot more and he was maybe, yeah, maybe getting a bit less interested in Terror, but then the and and I think you were the one who mentioned it when the international clash. You know the voting things where everyone pitched why they should be in the team, and Zoras just like phoned it in. Really, <laughs> it was just like I am. I am well known in the community. Pick me. <laughs> I'm not going to put any more into this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I mean, to be fair, he was. I mean, he was the preeminent streamer. He was again. He was the top active player on Snellman, and he was one of the top active players on BGA. So yeah, like, the man deserved it. But yeah, I. I mean, Zorus, I agree, is I think a little on the like downward trend of Terra Mystica. Yeah, I don't think it compels him as much anymore. That that happens. It's fine. Yeah, he's playing a lot of guy. But then, yeah, I really like that he did come into that Canada team, and you know they won, and we we talked to them about it, which was really interesting. And I I did like that. I was, I, I, don't know, I, was, I was sort of like secretly hoping that it would inspire him to go on and make all the ultimate guides. Oh, yeah. Everybody wants him to do... Yeah, so see, the fact that he creates actual like strategy content, not just like playthroughs like I've been doing streaming is also yeah, like a real very cool thing he's done for the community. But yeah, I mean, I don't think he has the drive to make all those ultimate guides and that's totally fair. Yeah, it's not like his responsibility to, for sure. Regardless, though, I think I'd still throw him on there. Um, and so that's two of the tables. Uh, other top active players. Um, I would probably throw Deep Finesse on there. That man's really shown up on the scene over the last six months as well. Been competitive in arena seasons. He's been up near the top of the leaderboard. Hit the number one 
reigning for a little bit. Uh, I think he's proven. I think he's definitely proven to be one of the best active players overall. Um, and so then, were you throwing me on the table, or I don't know, was I picking four players here or what? I, th- I think you've you've picked four others. I've picked three. I no, I, I haven't. I have Nerd Cube, Zorus, and Deep Finesse. So that's why you need me to pick one more or not. Oh yeah, yeah. There we go. Yeah. So, well, I guess the question is, do you put your do you do put I your think one of the top four? <laughs> yeah, there's that's the hard hitting question then, right? Yeah. Um, Honestly, I don't know. Yeah, I I think I have an argument for it, but I don't know. I don't know if I have that strong of an argument. My arena seasons aren't incredible. Uh, my ratings up there, but there's other people right in my area, and I don't know if I have necessarily the accolades some of the others do. Uh, so yeah, I don't. I don't totally know who I would throw as the fourth currently, though. Like the like, who else is the best active player? Um, you, I, I guess the other three kind of like names to consider would be like Barnawal, Astari, and Sprockets. But Sprockets to me doesn't play enough actual live games within the typical group for me to think he actually belongs there. Astari to me also doesn't really have enough games to make me that convinced he's up in that echelon yet. Um, he's had some decent performances for sure amongst some other really strong four player players so it's not like he can't hang but his sample size is pretty small so i'm not i'm not necessarily saying it's fluky but i don't i don't i don't have enough evidence to convince me that he's not just like a 550 level player that's on a bit of a hot streak um which maybe maybe I'm just wrong, and so then I guess I'm putting Barnawall. But my problem with Barnawall is that he also hasn't have that many games. He doesn't have huge arena season to point to. He's currently up there in the ratings, and he's played well in recent memory. But I don't know. It depends a little bit on how much I'm putting into overall, like kind of lifetime stats versus truly like am I picking just the four players from the last week or something? So. Yeah, that's the thing. I think I'm going to say the table is you, Eric, Nerdcube, um, Zoras. Zoras and Deep Finesse. Yeah, Deep I'd Finesse, be. Yeah, I'm putting you on the table. There we go. I've all decided. Right. I, well, and again, I think it's an interesting argument. I, one name I didn't mention at all actually is Halai. I think Halai actually maybe is who I would throw instead of me. But. Um... Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And he's he's. A sort of team Europe colleague. Uh, the one, that, but the the other one that I'm. This is why I'm really interested in that table. Is it Group F? Yeah, Group F on Fives Open is the Deep Finesse Zavok matchup because that is like new terror against old terror. You know, it's the clash of like. Yes. Well, and that's totally fair. Uh, yeah, I obviously did not throw Zevok on my top four here, and I wouldn't. Um, I'm really interested to see how his run goes in this tournament. Yeah, I, so am I. I was about to say, like, if I'm making a Mount Rushmore of Terra Mystica figures, he's on there. But ah. Which is another really... Yeah, I was going to say, that's an interesting question. I don't know how much you want to debate that in a sec. But, um, uh, yeah, I mean... Zevok's been very interesting to watch though. He's obviously kind of over the last three months or so, like kind of popped back into the Terra Mystica world. Maybe it's even more than that now. Maybe it's already been six or something, but 
It was the clash, right? It was yeah, it was the start of the clash. It, it, right around then, he yeah, he started popping in. He's he's played a decent number of games on BGA. It looks like about fifty, and he he is up to a six hundred rating. He's in the top, you know, thirty players rated. So, but I think he's like just recently hit that point. So yeah, I I, I haven't quite been convinced yet if he's where exactly he falls amongst the elite. He's still very strong, but hmm. uh, is he? Is he right up there with the very best we have today, or is he just slightly behind? I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, so that game, uh, for the listener, is on the 3rd of July. So that's the final, final group game. That is definitely one to put in your calendar. Yeah, and I was going to say, I'm excited about that because I get to cast that with Bizzle. So I do think we're going to go. Oh. It's going to be very fun and crazy. Yeah, I, I'm very happy to be able to... I'll be very happy to be able to criticize all their moves and be wrong about it all. It'll be great. Bezos is going to really enjoy that because yeah, Zayvok is his hero. Um, yeah. So yeah, uh, let's do it. I've got I've got one more got one more other question after this, and then I think we're at about a good time. So let's do the Mount Rushmore. We are going to do it though. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I'm very I, I'm ready for this quick discussion. Yeah. <laughs> this ties back to the earlier discussion of you know i'm new to this and i'm i'm really enjoying learning about the history and and you know cycling back to those early tm tour seasons and all that so yeah. i'm guessing yeah i from what i can gather zavok would be on it because he is the original legend i, I think i would put zoras on it based on vga stuff but yeah what do you think I, I think there's two easy names. I, I think Zevok is so clearly on it. And for people who aren't aware, uh, the man was insane. Uh, like, it, it, he understood how to play TM at a super high level before anybody else did. Uh, in the first 14 seasons of TM Tour, Zevok won nine of them. These are seven-player groups. Like, he should have won two, would be the expectation. And that assumes he even stays... So the other crazy thing, the way TM Tour works is you have to be in the top five in order to like stay in D1. If you're in sixth or seventh place, you drop out. So he actually never dropped out for the first 14 seasons. And on top of that, he won nine out of 14. It's, like, it's just an absolute insane accomplishment. Um, he had the highest rating on Snellman for a long time until T.T. Chong essentially... like He was also a very strong player and he got a higher rating and stopped playing so he could just stay ahead of Zevok. Like, uh, Zevok still, I think, has the second highest rating of all time on Snellman right now. And yeah, so he's he's just a crazy legend of the early days of just absolute domination. Uh, he made a nice number of posts. He helped the community get to where it is. Uh, I think Zorus is also, yes, clearly there nowadays. He has the highest active, or had for a while, the highest active rating on Snellman. He's managed to be the highest rated player on BGA in the past. He's had some top-level arena performances. He's made crazy amount of strategy and other content to help people get there. So those are names that kind of go there. Um, the other two are a lot harder. Uh, I don't necessarily know who I would throw, to be honest. And so, yeah, maybe it's not a great question. Uh, one name that I might consider is just Snellman himself. Uh, it depends on how mm. much you want to give him credit for just making the website, making the start of this community ever be a thing. He is a strong enough player in his own right. He played in D1 for quite a few seasons. Um, TM Tour has a thing called a marathon table that tries to, like, rank people based on their overall lifetime in the tournaments. And Jay Snell, or his his player profile is number four on that list um 
So uh, yeah, with Zayvok at number one, of course. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so then the final name that I would consider that I don't think a lot of other people would, but me personally, I would throw Steve four nine six. Um, Steve is also high up on the marathon table. He's a former D one champion. Uh, and the main reason I value Steve is because of all of his BGG contributions. Um, yes. He writes a lot of very good and insightful things. And I would claim that half of what I parrot uh, on my streams and stuff is taken or paraphrased from the ideas he put into me through conversations and talking and all that stuff. So I guess... I guess my yeah my Mount Rushmore of Terramistica figures though leaves off Nerdcube, which maybe is wrong nowadays. Maybe he's you know given how much arena success he's had, maybe he's supposed to be on there. But this is again my are there four there are four ex presidents on Mount? It's it's four right on Mount Rushmore. Uh, yeah yeah sorry, there's four. Yeah <laughs> I, I forget. I yeah so th- who are like the four most influential figures in Terramistica history? I yeah I mean. Uh, it's it's tough. I, I think Zavok and Zorus are pretty clearly on there. I think I'm going to throw J- Snellman just for creating the website and being a very strong player himself. And then I think I'm going Steve 496. I would certainly listen to arguments for NerdCube. Uh, and then there's some other stuff I could make. I, I yeah, My problem is I, I probably am putting a little too much value on the old Snellman top players in the Snellman or in the BGG forums compared to what a lot of people nowadays would do because like you say over the last year or two you don't know steve 496 at all you like you've only started to know Shemak. but 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 also i've read the threads i can okay like, you have okay yeah and and uh I'll, I'll link to some of them but yeah the sort of depth of analysis and his re- he's done some recent ones with the like the two yeah. most popular he's done so far metas on in div one yeah yeah, in all TM tour divisions, his, so awesome. His writing is remarkably clear. I'm very jealous of his ability to. I I I, I think he puts in a lot of editing time. As my guess, he he puts very like crystallized, concise thoughts, and that's one thing I'm not good at is brevity. Uh, given that I've <laughs> now helped talk for two hours already, and I think you still said you had one more question. So. <laughs> Uh, yeah, you almost make me want to see what people would vote on. I'm curious what like the communities would vote on. But let's post it when this episode gets released. Oh yeah, yeah. Reach out to me. Yeah, I'll try to make a list. I, I, it would actually be really interesting to see what other people would submit as their top four. Just what names they would think of. Yeah. Yeah, because it and it, it links into the history, and it, I like the idea that maybe some of the yeah the newer players can sort of worship at the shrine of. All the stuff that's that sort of like built this because it is what yeah is what built this thing that we are now taking advantage of and enjoying. So yeah. I think it's good to you know, especially people like yeah Steve who he mentioned on one of the threads that he wasn't he didn't it linked to what we said earlier he wasn't sure whether people were um, getting value from it. Uh, yeah, and I I have I do actually have him on a Google Doc as one of the people I'd like to talk to on this. Oh wow, that would be super cool, actually. Yeah, to do like I, a, a yeah, sort of like a technical statisticy deep dive, something like that. So yeah, I'd, I'd really like to talk to him. Um, yeah, and go into some detail about that, and that might happen maybe. Um, cool. Yeah, I really like that. That's great. <laughs> So yeah, what was my last question? Lost my document. Oh yeah, I, so it was kind of it's it's linked to what we've talked about already, and I think I think we've 
you've spoken to it and we've kind of talked about it but what in general do you think about the fact that you know this yeah this community has grown um i think there's like there's advantages and there's disadvantages to the, sort of this wider group of people playing because I, I know originally maybe it was a bit more of a tight-knit thing and maybe everyone knew everyone and, and now maybe that's not the case are you like happy with the state of this of this thing that's going on very yeah very happy um i don't really believe too much of there being disadvantages to the community growing or at least not currently i mean i guess there's that tricky question right like i really like the culture and the helpfulness and everything that the community currently has and if somehow suddenly tomorrow we got 10,000 new people into the community, suddenly whatever we currently have, you might get drowned out or something, but we're not growing that fast by any means. Uh, all the new people and faces that start popping in, you know, simile, it's not quite the right word, but I mean, they, they get kind of like, they wind up feeling out kind of what a lot of us are about and what we want. And they, if they're interested in that, they're kind of with, and they, there are names that are consistent and, I think we all start to learn certain kind of inside jokes and other stuff. And not everybody knows it all, but, you know, yes, me and witches on Fire and Ice have become a bit of a meme. And a lot of people in this streaming and stuff knows now that George Shortwell just like always wants to support Water 2. And that's a fun little kind of in-joke. And there's lots of other stuff like that, that there's still a pretty tight-knit group anyhow. Um, I think growth is very important. And I'm really happy that BJ has grown a bunch, that Bizzle has helped make this whole F2O thing happen, that you're doing this, and that streaming's happening. And like, growth for any game is really important. Um, I want to keep growing because inevitably people will drop off too. I'm not going to play quite as much currently. Chris Ho has been really struggling to play. Like, if you you can't just hope to maintain because you're always going to lose people over time. Mm. Uh, some people are just going to not have as much time. Some people are going to lose interest. Eventually people will completely leave the game. Like it's just, that happens too. And so you always need some of this rotation. Um, yeah, I don't know. Overall, I think it's, I, I think it's been incredible actually over the last year, the growth that's been seen is great. The, enthusiasm the community like the number of players that have found this game and have been able to realize there's a community here to help them get better that is here to have lots of a bunch of different fun events the f2o was part of that and just enough other scheduled games and other little mini tournaments that get thrown together and people are willing to talk during the games and stuff and after the games and yeah it's, it's a really cool group and i'm i think it's great that we continue to grow and i'd encourage everybody to help it grow um i don't always the one thing i actually regret a little bit about streaming is i actually talk significantly less in the chat than like of the game itself because of that uh and i don't think i do as much post-game discussion there i don't think i do as much like prodding as i used to do there and i don't think i try to like help fold people in as much as i would like to um mm -hmm. And so just as a whole, like, I'd encourage everybody to start doing it too. When you start running into new players that seem interested and are kind of talkative and interested, you know, make sure they're aware of Fire 2. Make sure they're aware of other the Fire 2 Discord. Make sure that, you know, we're folding in new people that are interested and want to learn more about the game and want to participate because um, all of that's really helpful. Um, and then finally, the other reason I think growth is just important and good is like 
Ghostly is now doing some social media stuff. I think you are too, and you're doing this podcast. Um, just eventually, Bizzle's going to burn out of running these things, and I'm going to burn out of writing big posts and whatever, right? Like, again, communities just need new people to eventually step up and make certain content and stuff to keep it all going. Zorus is slowing down on strategy content. If there's anybody out there that wants to make ultimate guides, I'm guessing Zorus would be willing to help them a little bit. And yeah, I think a lot of people would love if all the ultimate guides got created, but yeah, who's going to do it? I, I don't know. And that's, this is just partly what happens over time too. So. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's really great. I really like that. And yeah, I think that's a, uh... That's an excellent sentiment, definitely. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a, the the whole sort of scene is very healthy and it's it's um everything's in the right spirit and there's like just the right amount of competitiveness but also friendliness and people helping each other and yeah, completely agreed. Um and yeah, so if uh, anybody out there listening too, yeah, if you want to get more involved, like just partly occasionally just reach out talk to people almost everybody like almost all of the top players if you're in a game with them and you after the game ask them what you could have done better or if they can review it later they're willing to like there's a lot of players in this community that are very willing to help each other get better um and that's i mean that's part of how the community continues to yeah, grow and form and how there's so many more strong players and stuff so it's it is really good oh well, yeah, thank you for your part in that with, um, yeah, like I said, the, the, my sort of early diet was watching you on, on Lumen's thing, but then also all the Twitch stuff. So yeah, and everything else that you've done. So thank you, Ryan, for that. Um, and thank you for this. This is a really cool conversation. I really enjoyed it. And I think I hope it comes out really well. Um, yeah. Thank you for your very generous time. Much appreciated. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. Thanks so much for having me. Thanks for doing this. I, I think it's really cool. And I hope that, yeah, you continue to get some fun conversations and continue to, yeah, have interesting guests and interesting times. And I think it's a fun addition to the community. So, Cool. Thanks. Nice talking to you. Um, speak to you soon, probably, at some point. All right. Yeah. Thanks much. I'll see you around. See ya.